devil in the details. <laughs> <laughs>
hopefully. That's um, what they thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that'll, uh, hopefully I'll be able to get to the game as well. Uh, the club have announced um, £10 for a ticket uh, for adults and, and it's free for under 17. So, you know, obviously, you know, all the fans are a bit upset about being removed, but at least the club have given us a sweetener uh, with a cheap ticket price. Yeah, you can't whack £10. I think that's for the West Stand as well, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a really good view in there as well. So, uh, you know, for £10, you, you can't not that. And free for under, you know, there's going to be loads of people out there who've got, you know, an under 16 who they can take with them, aren't they? Young, young kids or whatever, you know, teenagers. So, so you can't you can't fault that, really, can you? You know, take your, your, your son or your daughter for a tenner with you. It's, uh, it's, it's good. And, you know, with being on Sky as well, London aren't going to bring a lot of support. So, hopefully, you know, if we can... What we need to do now, well, what the club need to do is really, really sort of push that now, that, that sort of £10 offer. And we've got, like, two weeks or so to push it. And let's, let's aim for a really big crowd in that game. Yeah, hopefully, like I say, the club will be uh, marketing it and getting a... You know the fans in because obviously, like you said, Paul, it's a it's a crucial game, isn't it? In in the in, in the Super Eight qualifiers, and you know we'll need to win to continue our uh, you know quest uh, to stay up in in Super League. Talking about further games to come, uh, the million pound game. Um, Sale will play currently play at home on the same day as our uh, million pound game on the first of October, which might, might be a problem. Um, <coughs> obviously, we we are in control of of where, of where Salford. Uh, will be playing at that day. But if you were given an option, Paul, what, what would you what would you think if you were if you were my one? Where would you want us to play our million pound game if we couldn't play at home if Salford and Sale and the Rugby League and the Rugby Union and Sky couldn't get all together around the table and get the deal done? Where would you want us to play? Well, I wouldn't want to play Edinburgh <laughs> for a kickoff. No, one thing that's annoyed me with that really is those Sale fixtures have been out for a while now, and surely when the Rugby Football League. Um, knew what sides were going to be in the bottom four surely they must have looked at that date that Saturday and thought who are the possible teams that are going to end up in that million pound game and they probably said oh, it could be Salford it could be OK it could be London it could be Lee or whatever and then they must have looked and saw that Sale were at home that day so why not have that million pound game on the Sunday just so it doesn't throw up this conundrum sometimes I mean you know it's bad organisation isn't it that because that's not fair on Salford that if we are to end up in it and we have to play somewhere else I mean I suppose Lee could be an option wouldn't it um, I remember we played there a few years ago at the end of the 2012 season didn't we and I think we had a fixture clash with uh, with Sale and I remember going there to to play. Uh, I think we played Wakefield, didn't we, last game of the season when Wakefield got in the playoffs and they they put us to the sword at Lee. So I mean, Lee's an option, I suppose, but he shouldn't have to be an option. We we shouldn't be have to give up home advantage. It's going to be like a crucial game, mm. like the million pound game. You could decide the future of your club, and you, you you're not going to have home advantage for it when you've earned it by finishing finishing fourth. So I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit annoyed with that one, but hopefully it's not going to come to that, and we're not going to end up in it. Just to defend, obviously, to defend the sale. Uh, originally, if, if looking at the you know the previous uh, calendars of rugby league, you know major events in the rugby league calendar, the million pound game was set for the second of second of October. Yeah, you're not, I'm not blaming Sale whatsoever. No, what it's nothing is, to do with them, yeah. is it? But what I'm saying is, when when obviously Salford are having the fixtures, Sale's fixtures come out the same mm-hmm. like when Salford fixtures come out, they look and see where yeah. Sale play and, and alternate. You know when who plays at home at the same point. So I'm going to presume at that point when Sale were sorting their fixtures out back in whenever, um, November, or whenever they, they, they start the fixtures, mm-hmm. um, they'd have seen that the million-pound game was on a second rather than on the first. So they, uh, quite quite rightly, but yeah, they right yeah. to put their game on the first, don't they? 
I think uh, it's a rugby football league cock up, isn't it, Rob? Yeah. As, as usual. Uh, I don't think you can blame Sale one one bit. I think it's them, and I think they should change it. Or, or they should have done, but they're not going to do now, are they? Because they, they, I saw them actually advertise it when I was watching yeah. the league game against Ulcair at weekend. It came on the you know the screen on that bar across the bottom advertising it 2.55 on the, on the Saturday. So I was working on the Saturday, but I've luckily managed to swap it yesterday with one of my colleagues, ju- just in case. So... <laughs> But uh, I'm just hoping it don't come down to that, Rob. But with the result against Leeds, it, you know, it's uh, it's a, poss- a real possibility now. Yeah, um, my choice of of um, venue, uh, I would. I think I think Leeds a bit big, you know, because obviously, you know, we're, we're going to half following would be smaller because obviously we <laughs> have to travel. Um, so to play in Leeds Sports League, which is a capacity of about what we're saying about ten, maybe. Probably similar Leeds. to the AJ Bell, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, ten or twelve. We yeah, we may get, we may get, maybe. 2,000 people maybe rock up um, so it, it's going to be quite sparse in, in, a, in a stadium that size I'm going to throw your curveball here I reckon Manchester Rangers ground 5,000 capacity yeah quite, quite small even if, if, if 2,000 Sol fans turn up and 2,000 it's closer than Lee as well I suppose to Salford isn't it yeah. regional arena yeah, yeah. 2,000 yeah. OKR fan let's say rock up at the same time 4,000 in a 5,000 capacity stadium would look better, would feel better than 4,000 in a 10,000 capacity stadium. Mm-hmm. If we couldn't play at home, if all parties couldn't get... The, the only thing is that, you probably find Old Cara probably bring a, bring a lot of supporters. The, I mean, the, uh, if you remember going back to the uh, 2007 season, I think it was when we got relegated, I remember we was down there fighting with Old Cara. Uh, that season, and I remember them coming to the Willows on a Friday night, and they brought loads. They packed out the North Stand that night. Mm-hmm. So they, they, you know, when it comes to a crucial game, they've got quite a big following, haven't they? I think they've got, you know, when we talk about like um, supporter bases, we've probably got a diehard sort of core base of about fifteen hundred to two thousand supporters, haven't we? Mm-hmm. That sort of watches. Well, maybe eighteen hundred, and I'm not so sure. But we always had that hardcore when we was at Salford, didn't we? And I think I still think we've got it now. But when you look at Old Care, I think they've got maybe maybe slightly more. Perhaps they've got about two and a half thousand hardcore, maybe three thousand. So I still think it'd be a cracking atmosphere, and it's a, it's a good idea that Robert uh, yeah. the arena. So yeah. uh, we'll have to wait and see with that one. Even even looked into it. The Rangers play Berry away, so they're not at home. So, you know, it, so we don't it, clash with them, yeah, don't yeah. Clash with them, you know, it, it's an option if, if the club can. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, but I'm, I'm, I think they are. They're actually trying to get something sorted. So hopefully, you know, um, Sale and everyone will help us out. We want to be at home in the. Well, if you think, if you think back to, um, I think it was it this season. I might have been last season. Um, Wigan Warriors who share with Wigan Athletic, don't they? And I think. Yeah. Um, one of my mates is a Rochdale football supporter, and I think it was last season Rochdale played Wigan football at dinner time at the twelve at twelve o'clock half past twelve, and yeah. then Wigan Warriors played at the night time. I think it was around Easter time, and yeah. then they played at eight o'clock at night. So I know there's like a twelve hour sort of between kickoffs there. So we sail; they'll probably be kicking off at three o'clock, won't they? So it'd be very difficult for us to to do it on the same day, wouldn't it? Really? So I don't know. It's something they're going to have to look at, really. That I suppose. Yeah. So we'll all sit here and wait, and hopefully. Um, we'll, we'll be told when, when they when they get it sorted. Either way, uh, next bit of news: um, meal and a drink uh, for thirty nine quid a person uh, for the game on Sunday. Paul in a box. Uh, good, the club are putting offers on like that to entice the fans in. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not a bad offer at all. That like, yeah, I mean, I can't see Featherstone bringing like a massive army of supporters, and you know. Uh, it's um, it's a game where we need a big crowd. I mean, I was thinking the other day, these next two games now against Featherstone and London, the crowds could be quite poor, couldn't they? Especially the form that we're in and 
London aren't going to bring many support, and that, and I think sometimes that doesn't help the players, does it? When they're coming out, and if the atmosphere is a bit flat at the ground, it's sometimes hard for the players to raise the game. I know it shouldn't be, but it's human nature, it is, and it's hard for them to, to raise, and you tend to get a flat performance. So I think the best thing we could hope for is a you know really positive performance, get people there, you know, get the noise levels up, and uh, you know with these these offers that we're doing hopefully people will buy into it and uh, you know and get down there because they're really really important games these aren't they you know not just for this season but for the for the future of the club really I think we need to uh, get behind them don't we and uh, so so hopefully people will buy into that yeah it was a VIP match day ticket you get a meal and a drink for 39 quid if you're interested in that you want to do the Featherston game in style ring Andrew Bentham on 0161 786 1590 and he'll, uh, he'll sort you out uh, next bit of news, uh, Felitti Matiao uh, has left, Paul. Um, obviously, I don't have to learn to say his name now, which is which is good. There's always a flip side, isn't there, to any, everyone who, anyone who leaves. Uh, but it's, it's a disappointing, obviously, he's been here for three games, but obviously he's got family issues, so he has to go home. Yeah, well, if he's got family issues and, and whatever, you can't really, uh, really argue with that. So uh, I hope he sorts his... His issues out and um, and uh, good luck to him with with the future. But it's a shame we didn't really see more of him. I was surprised when I didn't see him in the squad at Edinburgh, and I did hear from a, a supporter on Friday night that he, they had left. So um, so now that's been confirmed and that yeah. So I hope he he's all right and he sorts his, his problems out, whatever they may be. Yeah, his um he game against Huddersfield, he, he looked pretty impressive uh, for me for about a ten minute period in that second half. He gave the he made the try uh, at the end. Uh, and not loaded it to, to to Josh Griffin, who spilt the bar. But you know he looked youthful. Um, but unfortunately, like I can say he, he's had to leave. And do you reckon now, obviously with uh, him leaving, uh, me losing a stone, obviously I have to count myself out because I've got a job. I can't really leave that uh, to to fill in. Do you think Salford could be looking the transfer market for a free agent to to fill the gap in the next couple of weeks? I thought the deadline had gone though, no, Rob. I oh, thought we'd had a. Is it is right? Yeah, for free. But as long as they registered though, I think Jamie Peacock was registered a while ago, wasn't he? Uh, I think they registered him about six weeks ago. Um, so I'm not so sure. But to be honest with you, Robert, I think we've just got to go with what we've got now, haven't we? Um, there's there's lads in that academy as well, and they will be chomping at the bit to come through. And I was speaking to somebody on on the internet the other day, and just saying it's just a shame, really, that we're not sort of up there with Lee and Leeds because. If we were really guaranteed a top three place, you know, maybe the Batley game and the London game, we could have blooded some more of the youngsters, you know, brought them in, you know, with us being sort of guaranteed. But because we've struggled in this this middle eights and the, the games are really important now, we've not really got that that cushion and that, um, you know, that that sort of um, where we, we're not desperate to win the game. So uh, so really, we, we are going to have to go with our best side, I suppose. But I think we've got more than enough. You know, in the next three games, anyway, to 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 get the results that we need. So I I wouldn't be panicking. You know, going going out signing somebody for, for nothing. I think with, I think the next three games, Paul, it's all about winning big for me. Uh, defence as well, Rob. I think defence is the key. I think you know we can score points, can't we? We know we can score points. I think it's defence. You've got to be looking at these next two games, Featherstone especially, not letting them score, or if they are scoring, just keeping them to the bare minimum. You know, four. Four, six points, something like that, and that's how you're going to get your your points difference back up, aren't you? Yeah, like I say it's going to be a you know a really interesting you know next three or four weeks, Paul. It's going to be an emotional roller coaster ride, isn't it? And uh, you know that's what being a soul fan's all about. You know, it's all the ups and the downs, and the, you know the swings and the roundabouts that that you know really makes you love the club in a way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was thinking of the day actually, and uh, do you know, like say we ever did win like a Challenge Cup or a Grand Final, I thought. 
what would I do then? What, what would it be like then? It's a bit like, you know, only fools and horses, isn't it? When they when they found that watch yeah. and they got all the money and became rich, it was like, it's not the same anymore, is it? It's not like when you're ducking and diving and, you know, the old days and that. So, uh, but I think I would like to see us win something before I'm grey and old. Like, but, um, you know, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, there's never an easy ride, is there? I don't think we've ever had an easy season. We don't seem to do easy at Salford, do we? So, uh, but I, I'm confident. I think, you know, things are going to start to change. I know there's a few negative things that we're going to mention soon in the, in the podcast with this, the stories that are coming out this week about certain things. But I think if we all stick together, and I think I think we'll get through this season. Yeah, a little bit. Next bit of news we've got, uh, Ian Watson uh, slamming agents of players uh, I'm trying to unsettle the players before the big, uh, big games to come. Um, that's what agents do. They, you know, they've got to look after the, the the players, and obviously the situation that you know we find themselves in. They've got to make sure that if you know the worst comes to the worst, and Salford do get relegated, that you know the players have a job to go to in a way. So you know, it's exposed it's, and the job of an agent is to, to to find you know employment in a way. Yeah, it is, uh, but I don't. I think sometimes they don't play by the rules, do they? I think players are, are tapped tapped up, aren't they? I mean, look at Theo Fares last season. You're not telling me Saint Helens didn't tap him up, and there there are deadlines and times when they're not supposed to to tap players up and 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 getting players ears. But I think they do, don't they? I think rugby league, especially in the northwest, is parochial in it. All the players seem to know each other. All the teams, you know, you've got like a curtain of teams there, Warrington, Widnes, St. Helens, Wigan, all those sort of teams lead. They're all in the same area. All the players know each other. All the agents know each other. And I think a lot of that goes on, doesn't it? And and I feel sorry for Ian Watson because I think, you know, we've not really heard anything, have we? And obviously the players will know. I'm sure there's players in the Salford squad that played at Leeds on, on Friday night who've been tapped up and have, have been, you know, offered, offered to other teams. I'm sure they have. But uh, that must be very unsettling for for Ian Watson, and uh, you know you just got to applaud him for the the job that he's doing at the moment, and holding it all together because uh, he's had it tough. I think the last sort of twelve eighteen months, hasn't he? He's not had it easy, and uh, you know doing the good job that he do, he's done this season, he, he must find it very frustrating with the points deduction and the situation that he finds himself in at the moment. Yeah, I suppose you know he's Ian Watson is is keeping the boat afloat in a way. You know all the players sure feeling the pressure, and I suppose it's up to him and. And Tim Sheens to to settle the nerves and get everyone focused on on the next three games and you know what will be will be after that if, if putting three big performances you know the our look and and the results elsewhere will look after themselves in a way won't they? They will, they will. But Ian Watson and Tim Sheens can only do so much, Rob. They, they, they've got the lads on the training ground and when the the players go out. It's the player's responsibility to perform, and you know, against Leeds, there was plenty of effort there in the first half, and then we fell away in the second. But there's a lot of you know, sort of professional players at Salford, you know, good professional players who've played around, been around the block, and they're not young kids, are they? They've got responsibility now to, to start performing, and you can't, you can blame the RFL, you can blame this, you can blame that, but there's only so often you can keep saying that. You, It's about time some of those players sort of, uh, you know, stood up and be counted. I'm sure that's what Ian Watson's been saying. I think he wants them to perform now. I mean, I don't really want to single individuals out, but the lads on there who are getting paid good money and now these three games, now they've got to perform, haven't they? And especially if we end up in that million-pound game. Yeah, like, like I said on, on my little, you know, my, my war cry, we'll call it, on, on Saturday, um, you know, the players know, know their know their limits, don't they? they of course they do, yeah. That they're putting the 100% in. And, you know, it's up to them to, to, to come out and, and, and look at themselves in the mirror. And if, and if they look at themselves in the mirror and think, yeah, I, I did enough, I did all I could do, then that's okay. And they, mm-hmm. they don't have to, you know, come in to us and, you know, fist pump the crowd 
or wave or anything like that. It's all about how much they want it, really. And if and if they at the end of the day, if we play the next three games um, and we get beaten in the Super League qualifying grand final million pound game, but at the end of the day, if they if they think yeah I couldn't do any more, then that then that's and that that's all you can ask for as a fan, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, cool. yeah, know that it's up to them to look at themselves in the mirror. And and they're they they're their ultimate judge at the end of the day. They'll judge themselves on. Yeah, of course, of course they will, mate. Uh, at the end of the day, if we was to go out and win these last three games and we give it everything in that million pound game and get beat, so be it. Yeah. I'll still be there next season in Division One or Division Two or wherever we are. I'd accept that. I just want to make. I just want to see him giving hundred percent, and that's all you want as a supporter. You, wherever you end up, you're going to be there next season. It doesn't make any difference, but you just want to see the effort. And I'm, I'm sure they will do. I'm sure the lads will learn. Like I, like, I like your walk, right? It sort of stirred me up a bit because I felt really down on, on Saturday going to work and that after after the Leeds game. I felt deflated. And then I started thinking to myself, well, did I really expect us to win at Leeds? And, you know, the, the answer probably is is no. So um, I don't know. I think sometimes as a supporter, your emotions can run away with you, can't you? When you think about it the day after, you know, you think, well, Perhaps the players did did give it their all because you first at first sometimes you think oh they didn't but I'm sure they are doing and uh, you know I, I don't think I was lost yet this season I think yeah. we've still got a, a fighting chance. Yeah, like on on the, on the Saturday Twitter was in a bit of a meltdown. People started conceding we were down already, and I just thought we you know it, it's not it's not over yet. We've got three games to to, to, to or four games in theory to, to save it, and you know it's from the art end of the day, and we're all, we're all fans, aren't we, Paul? Yeah. Um, and you know it, it you know it puts. You know the thought into a player's head that you know let's do this, let's do one more big effort in the next four games to to you know to drag us over the line and keep us in Super League. Then it's it's job done in it. End of the day. Yeah, um, of course it is. Yeah. Next bit of news, uh, well rumor, uh, we'll call it Twitter rumor. Uh, Sheen's to OKR turned down Parramatta a couple of weeks ago. Um, rumors that he's he's looking at OKR now. Hopefully not. Uh, mm. but I suppose with us and OKR. Um, you know, whoever goes, if we go down, Okiara will stay up, and if we stay up, Okiara will go down, won't they? So, you know, yeah. It's, it's not a job uh, but hopefully, he won't, he won't, he won't be tempted, and he'll stay a, a red a devil for the foreseeable. I hope so, Rob. Yeah, like I said, I don't really do Twitter, and I'm not really into the the stuff that gets put on there because I think if I did go on there, I'd end up arguing with everybody. But um, but yeah, it's, there's bound to be rumours this time of the year, and I've read things about Okiara. I know. That they're supposedly going to be very ambitious next season if they stay up. They've got uh, money to spend and they're rumoured to be after Zach Ardacre and this, that, and the other. And yeah, well, good luck to them if they, if they stay up. But um, I think the Tim Sheens one's a bit of a strange, strange thing, really, because I know Tim's got this this plan with Mar, why not this three year plan? I think if he was to go, it'd be, uh, be a, I'd be a bit disappointed, really. But um, but no, um, we'll just have to watch this space, I suppose, won't we, and, and just see what happens. But you know, as you said before, Rob, Tim, Tim's got a livelihood, hasn't he? And, Bills to pay and what have you. So um, if if we are to go down, I don't know whether he'd whether he'd stay in the, and fight to keep us up. That that's up to him in it. But uh, we'll have to just wait and see on that one because I've not heard Tim come out and say anything. So no, it's all, it's all Twitter rumour, isn't it? So yeah, so yeah. Just mention it rather than yeah. It becomes the elephant in the room, doesn't it? End of the day. That's um, right. Next bit of news. Uh, hearing tomorrow um, for our crowd trouble against Huddersfield. Um, three games to go in the Super 8 qualifying playoffs. What do we think? Do we think the RFL kind of deduct a point for us, deduct a couple of points and send us into the 
million pound game, or do you think they'll just leave us alone with, with the possibility like a fine or something? I don't see how they can take points off. No? I think it'd be absolutely ridiculous if they took points off because at the end of the day, is it not up to Huddersfield's stewards and people to police the crowd at their ground? It wasn't even at Salford's ground, so I don't see how they could deduct points because it's not a rugby playing matter, is it? It's not a you know, on the field matter, so I, I don't see how they could do that. But to be honest with you, I think it's poor from the RFL. I mean, this happened on Easter Monday. I mean, we're in sort of September now. Why has it took that long and why have they left it now till three weeks to the end of the season? Surely they could have just done this at the end of the season. It, it just seems really negative the way they're doing it now when we've got like a really important sort of two or three weeks. They're dragging this up now again. So, you know, we, we spoke about conspiracy theories and things about the RFL all season and no, I'm not one for that really, but you know, when with things like this come up, it just annoys you because it's like they're, they're kicking you in the teeth all the time. So I just don't see how why it couldn't have been dealt with there and then a couple of weeks after it was done or just left and dealt with at the end of the season. I don't see why they've got to, got to bring that up now, to be honest with you. But I think if they were to deduct points, I think it'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine the, I can imagine the Twitter meltdown if, if he did take a couple of points off us. Conspiracy still be out in force, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think it'd be a good night at Vienna if they took points off us yeah. for that, though. I think we'd end up, we probably wouldn't even make the million pound game, would we? Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a tough that. But like, like I said, it's, 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 it's ages ago. I don't understand why it's took this yeah. long to, no, to, to get it done. Really. But, you know, here's, well, here's hoping for a fine. <laughs> or, or we get some kind of like, you know, not guilty plea. Mm. But we've said things before about the RFL, the way it's been running. I don't like being negative and slagging them off, but it's like the salary cap thing. Did they have people there policing it? Are the people working there? Mm. Are they understaffed at the RFL? Is that why they've only just got round to it? Sometimes it makes you wonder whether it's whether it's being run correctly, and you know things should be dealt with and, and done done with, shouldn't they? You know, I don't know why it's took that long, but it's just something else for us to or supposed to worry about, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, well, like I say we'll see what happens tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it on the uh, the game day podcast, maybe on uh, on Saturday. Um, better news. Uh, Richard Silverwood has, has joined the club as a refereeing consultant um, to help the players because Marwan seems to think they'll be getting penalised a lot and he seemed to think that Richard Silverwood involved would help us become less dirty we'll call it um, what, what do you think do you think it's a good move? Strange move Rob isn't it? I mean you've got Tim Sheens there the former Australian coach I mean if he can't prevent you from conceding penalties who can I mean I don't know is it something we're doing wrong um, the penalty count was pretty big at, at Leeds. I think it was fourteen six, fourteen seven. I don't. What can Richard Silverwood do that a coach can't do though? Does he know fiddle fiddles round it and how not to give? I don't know really. It's, it, it seems a bit strange to me. But if it's going to help us, I mean, I don't see what I don't see how it can't help us. I think it's it's going to be helping it. Richard Silverwood's a very experienced referee. You know, fifteen years in the in the top flight, so he knows you know every every single thing there. Really, he knows how to give penalties and when referees are going to give penalties. So, you know, we'll just have to watch this space on that one. I just think it's a bit strange, really. But, um, yeah, I'd rather have him on board than not on board. I suppose it's uh, it gives it, it, it'll give the players, like, the referees aspect then, won't it, of how they, they interpretate things, if you like. So, um, yeah, it, it could be could be a help, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose it'll help the players, like you said, um, understand that why the referees are giving the decision, what they're kind of doing wrong, in a way. Uh, but they are special rugby players in the day. They, they, they played all their life, haven't they? End of the day, yeah. so they, they're going to give away a penalty every time for a certain thing they do. It's in the genes, isn't it? It's, it's part yeah. of their reflex action or whatever. Yeah, that's um, right. But I suppose Richard Silverwood, you know, we he might be able to kind of say, well, you know, if you, you he might know all the referees and how they work, and say, well, he, this particular referee won't. 
ping you mm. for offside. You might be able to sneak a yard there, or if referee's quite tight on the rook, you know, you might not have, might be able to, you know, avoid giving away a penalty there by lying on or whatever. Mm. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, I'd love to get him on there, love to talk about, you know, what what you know referees are all about, and you know, the experiences. So I was rating him as a good referee, to be fair. I think with, fair, with penalties, it? though, Rob, uh, when you look at penalty counts and things like that, you probably, it'd be interesting to see what the penalty count is on, on Sunday between us and Featherstone, because if all goes to plan uh, and we beat Featherstone, I mean, you'd, you would expect us to beat Featherstone by 20 points, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, and you'd expect us to, to win that penalty count, because obviously we're quicker than Featherstone. They'll probably try and slow things down. And not so much that. Their players probably won't be able to keep up with our players at the, the play of the ball. They might lie offside, so they're going to give more penalties away. That's how that's how I always thought it works. The side that normally wins, normally wins the penalty count, don't they? Mm. Whereas Leeds probably played the ball a bit quicker than us. We got pinged a few times Eddingly. So I think that's how the, the game tends to work, really, isn't it? So uh, I don't know. We'll have to just watch this space. But yeah, like you say, I think it'd be interesting to, to get Richard Silverwood on and you know have a chat with him and uh, just see how he's working with the players. Yeah, I think obviously, I think major concern is just silly. You know, the, the, the kind of third, fourth, fifth tackle kind of silly penalties they give away for the frustration you know, ones. Yeah. The players are frustrated. Yeah, yeah, I think they're the ones that he, he might be trying to trying to fix. But yeah, it'd be great to get him on, and we'll, we'll see. I'm ask him, see what see if he wants to come on have a chat. So that's all we got news we got for today. Uh, what we'll do, we'll talk about the defeat against Leeds now um, on Friday night. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford so travelled to Headingley to face the Leeds Rhinos on Friday and went down 30 points to 8 in our crucial Super 8 qualifier game, Paul. Um, you know, we built up for being our big stand, the last big stand. Uh, we had it in our hands until this point, but unfortunately, uh, we didn't get the result. No, we didn't. Um, there was times in that first half where we looked like we were going to get a result out of the game, I thought. It was, a, it was a tight affair in the first half and then obviously in the second half, Leeds sort of run away with it. But perhaps we, we did build up a bit too much. Perhaps we put a bit too much pressure on ourselves. I don't know because we are struggling to perform in these pressure games, aren't we? As we've seen you know, the week before, you've got Hulk Air and the, the league game as well. They've been like all or nothing games, haven't they? And uh, we've sort of come up short in all three of them at the moment. So... Um, so yeah, we were disappointed on Friday night though with, with the result. I was expecting us to uh, to to do to do better in that second half. After the first half, we'd have was right in there and silly mistakes again and individual errors sort of uh, sort of cost us the game. Yeah, Salford's lineup: Ebbles at fullback, Daniel Vido, Josh Griffin, Junior Sal, Josh Jones, Gareth O'Brien, Michael Dobson, uh, Luke Burgess, Logan Tompkins, Josh Griffin, Ben Mount and Masala, Wellerake and Luke Old Matt Flanagan on the bench for Salford. Craig Cockjack, Rob Lewitt, Ollie Krenicke and Ryan Lannan. Uh, Daniel Vito back in the uh, back in the team, Paul. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's not been in for a while, has he, Daniel Vito? And uh, we're steady. I thought we were steady on Friday night. At least tested him. There was a few high balls and a few hat in the mouth, uh, hat in the mouth moments when um, I thought you know he's going to get tested here, and he he did all right. He came up with the answers and. Uh, and yes, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see whether he stays in the in the side this week. I would have thought he will do with um, the injuries to Greg Johnson and, and Mason Caton Brown. Uh, but no, sorry, just can and Mason Caton Brown. I'm cocking up here, aren't I? <laughs> These are going to be the outtakes, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, the injuries to Mason Caton Brown and Justin Carney. But there's also Greg Johnson there banging on the door and they're trying to get back in. We've also got Nia Levels as well, um, who um, 
who played uh, full-back against uh, Leeds, and he can go back to the, the wing if um, Robert Lewis comes back in and we can sh- shuffle Gareth O'Brien back round. So there's a few, there was a few changes there. I was surprised when you sent me the team sheet, Rob, when I arrived at Edinley and uh, Naya Levels was on and Robert Lewis was on the bench and we sort of used him as a, a bit of an interchange hooker, Robert Lewis and... Uh, yeah, I thought I thought Gareth O'Brien did well in the first half, and he was he was sort of unlucky to get to get Simbin. Do you think? Do you think obviously moving the team about in, in such a crucial game was, was was a good idea? Obviously, you know, Ebbles moving back to ball back, O'Brien in, into into six, with probably moving to the bench. It's kind of a, our core of the team that being being, mm. being fiddled with. Yeah, well, it's funny, really. You could argue it both ways, really, couldn't you? But. I could understand where Ian Watson was coming from because the, the defeat against Old Cow was so disappointing, wasn't we? And, you know, we didn't really look much at all at half, but did we? Robert Louis didn't really fire. And I think it was probably desperate, desperation, really, with Ian Watson. Perhaps he thought, I have to change things around and see if I can get that spark, you know, because Gareth O'Brien's played there before for St. Helens and Warrington and Castleford, haven't he? So he's no stranger to the half back position. And I thought he did okay in the first half as well. And, um, yeah, I think he just he just tried tried it a different way around. Whether he'll 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 keep that this this Sunday for the Featherstone game, I don't think he will. I think he'll put Robert Lewis back to back to um to, to stand off with Michael Dobson this Sunday. Yeah, Ryan Lannan also making the the seventeen. Been absent for the last few weeks, but good to see him back in a red shirt. Good to see him back in. I'd like to see him in the in the side now for the rest of the season. To be honest with you, he's the future. Ryan Lannan and he's a good player as well he's got something about him and you know you look at that try he scored earlier in the season he was playing well and I'm not so sure why he was he was dropped out of the side in the first place really whether it was to take a bit of the um, a bit of the pressure off him but I think you know now I'd have him in I'd have him in especially on, on Sunday against these three sides now no disrespect to Featherstone London and, and, and Batley but you know these are the games that Ryan Lannan should be thriving on he's not going to have like that pressure of Blackham Leeds or a St. Helens, you know, he could really shine in these games now. But like I said, we've not got to take these teams lightly. But, you know, uh, I think it's an ideal opportunity to put guys like Ryan Lannan and, and Jake Bibby as well for that. I'd like to see him, you know, back in the squad or sniffing around the squad because I was impressed with him earlier in the season and uh, like to see him back in there getting a chance. Yeah, looking at the game, Leeds scored first uh, with a try from Jamie Jones Buchanan, but Salford hit back with a try from George Griffin, uh, kicked by um, Dobson, uh, patted back down by Josh Griffin, good hands. Uh, sends uh, George Griffin over by the posts uh, and a good try for Salford. Yeah, it was a good try, that, mate. It was a really good try. Well worked as well from Michael Dobson. And we all got a bit of luck there as well with um, Josh Griffin palming it back and it landing in Dobson's hands. It was good backing up as well. Good try. And we, like I said, um, we, we was we was well in the game there at six apiece. And if you, if you go right, right down the, the first half, then it was tit for tat then for the next sort of 15, 20 minutes. And until Gareth O'Brien kicked that penalty goal, it was 33 minutes gone there. And we're in front of Headingley, you know, sort of five minutes to go till our time. It's 8 6. You're banging the game there. And uh, that simbin into Gareth O'Brien, as we'll speak about shortly, that was a, a crucial point in, in, in the game, I thought, and in that first half. And it sort of swung momentum, leads his way. Yeah, O'Brien was it penalty? It was professional foul, Rob. Yeah, professional right. foul. I think it was it was a penalty, and um, I think Robert Rob Burrow tried to take a quick tap, and he sort of got in his way, and I thought it was harsh because it's a very grey area that quick tap, and it sometimes some referees won't let you take it until all the players are on side, until he's until the guy taking the taps on, on the mark and I don't know I thought it was very harsh really there on, on Gareth O'Brien it, it helped Leeds it got Leeds down the pitch and then they had the extra numbers then for Callum Watkins to go over for his try right on half time as well that was a body blow for us that yeah killer blows just for half time it happens a lot this season teams getting over our line just before half time it kind of changes Ian Watson's sort of team talking away if we're going to concede a try you know bang on half time every, every week 
you know, he, he, really, he might as well rip up his team talk and, and do it off the cuff on, on half-time if that's going to happen every week. Yeah, definitely. And it was a shame because at 8-6, you know, going in 8-6 eight, eight, up at half-time, I thought we deserved to go in at half-time winning, really, because we, we'd, we'd done a lot of defending in that first half, an awful lot of defending. Leeds had a lot of ball, and we really weathered the storm. And, um, you know, uh, I thought we'd, we'd done all right. We, we'd tackle well, we'd held the line, and they put pressure on us, and we'd fought for it. We'd we'd fought well and um, really guarded our line. And it was disappointing when Watkins went over there, but they had the numbers and that pressure. And when you get back-to-back penalties and it moves you down the pitch, it's hard to defend against a team like Leeds. And the guy from uh, Seguero, the hooker, the new hooker they signed, I thought he played really well and he was a real live wire. And we we, uh, found it a bit of a struggle to to keep him contained, really. Yeah, and then obviously the crucial moment, uh, well, Araki uh, with a a try disallowed for a double movement, you know, Moments like that, you know, if he, we get the try there, it, it swings the game back to our in our favour, and you know it could have been so much different. Yeah, I've not seen that again on like on the telly. I've not watched it yet, so I only saw it live on the night, and oh, I was jumping in the air there. I really thought we were back in the game there then, and to, for the referee to to say no, it was it was another body blow to us because that again. The sort of ten minutes gone of the second half, and it's ten eight. We score there. You're back in front, aren't you? So, uh, yeah, another another crucial decision goes against us. And there's been a few of them. If you go back to the league game, we had quite a few there that went against us, didn't we, for double movements and knock-ons and not grounding the ball. So, I think we've been a bit out of luck, haven't we? Recently, things haven't gone our way. Referee decisions haven't gone our way. So, uh, so yeah. And then the big turning point then in the game was was uh, Josh Griffin um, spilling the ball deep in his own half. Shortly after that, and that that turned the game, and that Seguero raced through and scored. Yeah, I suppose in in big games you get big moments, and obviously Salford nearly scoring at one end, Paul, and then unfortunately the the ball gets spilled, hacked on by by Leeds, and Seguero goes on un, un, goes over, um, and it obviously that turns the game in in Leeds' favour, um, and at that point players obviously you know their their heads went a bit, confidence dropped down, and Leeds took full advantage. Well, yeah, that try gave Leeds a ten point lead, then eighteen eight. Uh, with 20 minutes to go and really then you, you're staring down at Eddingley because it's, it's a tough place to go Leeds isn't it? and you don't get much off the referee the crowd gets on the referee and you don't really get much there you've got to me when you go to places like Eddingley St Helens Wigan you've got to fight for everything haven't you because you don't really get any favours you've got to make it you know when you go there and make make everything work make everything count chase every lost cause and when we were 18 points to 8 down there I remember thinking you know it's probably our, our chance gone but yeah disappointing again individual errors like that have cost us a few times this season haven't we and there was quite a few again on, uh, on on Friday night I mean there was one in the first set of six Gareth O'Brien knocked on um, from a, just a nothing kick through from Leeds and we managed to defend that so it's just little things like that that you know need tidying up really if we're to uh, if we're to survive this season really Yeah I suppose Leeds being the, the champion side they are obviously they've had a bit of a, a tough season this season but they're able to close out games uh, like that I suppose you know because they're used to playing at you know a mm-hmm. Higher quality and uh, of, of, of game. Um, did we huff and puff in that last twenty minutes? Gave you know, gave us you know an effort, gave us a cut account of ourselves. Yeah, we to be honest, Rob, I didn't think we had a lot of chances on uh, on on Friday night. Uh, Leeds did well in defence. They were strong in defence, and it wasn't a game where you said, "Oh, we should have scored there. We should have scored here." Our chances were very few and far between. Really, in that second half, Leeds had us at arm's length and. We probably never were, we never really got near. And the only time was when um, when Iraqi had that that score ruled out for for a double movement. After that, really, it was there wasn't a lot really to go on. And um, when Leeds got the eighteen eight lead, there was a kick out wide, and Josh Griffin got caught. Um, 
sort of a bit isolated. That's the word I'm looking for. It was a bit isolated, and um, Kyle Ablett scored there, and then that really was curtains then in the last ten minutes, and um, Adam Cuthbertson going over late on. So really, those those couple of tries there. I mean, that could come back to haunt us, you know, with the points difference there, with him with him scoring those thirty points to eight, maybe flattered leads a bit really, because I didn't think they were that much much better than us, but uh, they always did seem to have us at arm's length on Friday night, and it was a bit disappointing in the second half really. Yeah, looking at the stats, Paul. Uh, our ta- top tackler, uh, Ben Murnitzala with 38, uh, Mark Flagan with 42, uh, Wellaraki with 36, uh, Kopjak with 38. You know, the forwards, you know, putting in a, a big effort there uh, in a big defensive stint. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the best player on the pitch, I thought, on Friday night from either side was Craig Kopjak. I mean, the tackling he did, every time he took the ball in, he was making countless yards. He's always looking for that offload as well, trying to get the ball out. And that was a disappointing factor for me on Friday night. There wasn't always somebody there on his shoulder. Logan Tompkins has got to step up now. He's got to, he's got to be there and he's got to be backing up because Craig Kopjack's a clever forward. He's an old school forward. He'll try and get the ball out. He's always looking for that offload. So you've got to go with him and back him and be there because that's what Rob Burrow does for Leeds and that Seguiero was doing. That Leeds, Leeds love to offload the ball, don't they? And that's how you get that rolling and quick play of the balls and that so uh, so I was impressed with Cop Jack I thought Flanagan worked really hard as well he did he always does doesn't he did, did plenty of tackling and uh, yes there was some some hard working performances definitely in the side yeah top meeting makers Cop Jack with 101 uh, Luke Burgess with 79 you know they're, they're the two big forwards in our pack who are making you know made the big big yards up, up, up top on Friday yeah, definitely. You expect that from Luke Burgess as well, don't you? He's a, he's a big guy and playing against his, uh, you know, he played for Leeds, didn't he, against his former club. You expect him to, to come up there and, uh, and give a good performance. He did go off um, Luke Burgess with about nine minutes to go with uh, with a knee injury, so I've not heard how he is this week. So hopefully he'll, he'll be able to shake that off and, uh, and, be, and be in the squad for the game against Featherstone. So uh, I've not heard anything, Ian Watson say anything, so I don't think it's anything to worry about because I think we would have been told, wouldn't we? So uh, cause I think we'll be needing him for these next three games. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to play a crucial role in the in the next uh, three games in our super qualifying uh, campaign. Uh, other big meter makers: Junior Sau with 120, Bido with 129, Josh Griffin with 127. You know the 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 backs are putting the effort in. That you know they're making the big yards as well. Uh, you know taking the the uh, the pressure off the forwards in a way. That's right. That's right. But as I said before, it was it was a game really with limited opportunities. Really, we didn't have a lot of. Good ball in, in in the Leeds territory. I think I think Leeds did a good job on us. Really, I mean, I don't like giving Leeds credit, but they were the better side by by a long way in that second half, really, and uh, and they deserve the two points. Yeah, how, how important is it? You think the the boys sort of take this out of their mind now? Because obviously everyone was disappointed, as you'll see by our our three word match reports on Friday. You know, they wipe that <clears> uh, you know result out of their heads and and start again. Um, you know, against Everton on on Sunday and the, the games to come. It's very important, Rob, because as we've said before, Featherstone, you know, I might sound daft here, but I don't think Featherstone are going to be pushovers. They're going to come with a bit of confidence. I know they got beat at Batley, but we're we're very low on confidence at the moment. You could see that in the players on, on Friday night. Um, we've had some crushing defeats. That Lee defeat, I thought, took a lot out of the players. That it was a big defeat, that. Um, and, the, and the whole KR game, we was very flat in that game. And, and I think that's affected the confidence. I think the Leeds game, as I mean, we've lost three on the track now. Um, we really need a reaction now. I thought we was going to get that on on Friday. I thought we'd bounce back from the the whole care game, and I fancied us to win. I thought there'd be a backlash there, and and there wasn't really. Um, and I think we need that urgency now, don't we? 
because you know Ian Watson said it in his press conferences in his interviews you know it's very ser- it's a very very serious situation what we're in now players are fighting for, the, for their livelihoods and you know it might be hard for certain players to raise the game it's only Featherstone and that but you've got to you've got to block that out of your mind now it's you just pretend you're playing Australia on Sunday because we've got to go out there and not not score every time we've got the ball because you start to panic then but we've got to go out there and do a very very professional job a bit like we did against Huddersfield look how professional that performance was and that performance seems sort of ages ago now doesn't it yeah it was the start of our campaign and hopes were high and obviously yeah. we've gone through that the mill, the mill haven't we in the last sort of three or four games but like I said before Paul you know it's up to the, the next the players the next four games to, to look at themselves and say right we're going to lift ourselves because we can't Go out with a, with a win for if we're going down we're going down fighting and you know it's up to them if if, if they'll be able to look at themselves in the mirror and, and, and know if they did enough uh, in the next four games you know to to, to keep us up. Um, three word match reports and, and man of the matches. Uh, Andy Lancashire uh, penalty count failure uh, and uh, his man of the match was uh, O'Brien. Uh, Paul Foster ref was rubbish um, and his uh, man of the match was Luke Burgess. Do you think the referee was a bit? Off on Friday. Do you know what, Rob? I've seen Solver play at Edinley probably about 20 odd times, and <laughs> I can't remember. The only time we ever had a decent referee was that James Child in 2009 when we won there. And uh, I remember coming out of the ground that day thinking, God, I'm going to send him a Christmas card, that James Child. He had a belting <laughs> game today. So you never you never really get the referees do it, those sort of ground. Same we went to Wigan this season. There was a dodgy knock-on one late on yeah. when Wigan beat us and that contentious decision. So you know you're not going to get the refereeing decision. There was some iffy decisions, I thought, on, on Friday, some strange penalties and that. But I don't think that was the, the main factor in us losing the game. I'm going to be fair now and put me, take my Salford glasses off for a minute, my blinkers off. <laughs> we, we weren't beaten by the referee. I think Leeds were the, were the better side. But there was some dodgy decisions. But like I said before, you never get the, the referee decision when you go to these grounds, do you? So you've just got to get on with it, mate. Yeah, next one. Uh, Martin, summer bash, anyone? Uh, we're not throwing the towel in yet, are we, Paul? We're still fighting for this, uh, this Super League place, aren't we? Oh, yeah, we don't want to go that summer bash and play bloody Swinton, do we? <laughs> I'd rather go to Newcastle and play Witness than go to that. But uh, no, we're not throwing the towel in yet, Rob. There's plenty to be positive about. You've got three games now to build confidence. Yeah, uh, Chairman Bob uh, failed to deliver uh, and his man of the match with Jackie Potato, Spinach and Chickpea Curry. Sounds tasty, that, Paul. Sounds like a, a decent mm. food. Where did he get that from on Friday night? Oh, I saw yeah. Bob on Friday night on the way out. Yeah. He didn't look like he had that. I, could, I think I saw him eating a pie. Well, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely finished the night with a jacket potato. Yeah, he's uh, done well there. Uh. He did. It was, it was probably the highlight of his night. Um, <laughs> Paul, Paul Carney, uh, the end is nigh, uh, and he didn't have a man of the match. Uh, don't forget, this was bang after the, the final whistle on, on, on Friday, so morale was, was pretty low. Uh, Liam Darby, million pound game, uh, and his man of the match was Dobson. Oh, one of the few looked bothered. Uh, Dobson, good game on on Friday, showing you know the effort and commitment we want. Yeah, he always puts the effort in, Michael Dobson. I think I don't think you can ever question his effort. Um, there was a couple of kicks that sort sort of went astray. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said he had a really terrible game, but. It was a game where we never really got going in that second half. The first half, we was like I said before, we was in in the game. But I don't think you sort of blame Michael Dobson for us for us getting beat. I think it was just one of those those games really. But uh, you know, Michael's played well this season. I don't think you can ever question his effort. You know, every now and again, people sort of question things of his kicking, and that was a poor kick. And you know, he does a lot of a lot of the good stuff though, Michael Dobson. And we're going to need him definitely to get us out of this mess. Yeah, he's going to be a big player for us in the next sort of three or four weeks. And. Hopefully he'll stay injury free and you know we'll he'll be able to to turn us round. 
Um, Les, is it Canine? Uh, Vido showed signs. Niall was solid, and he refuses. Uh, she refuses to be negative. Keep the faith. That's what that's what they say. Um, like I said, it's all about it's all in the mind, isn't it? Now we need to stay positive um, after after the last few weeks. And you know, if we win big in the next few weeks, and then you know the results go in our favour, you know, it, it, we'll be back in third position and back in safety of Super League. Yeah, you're right there, Rob. I mean, we were saying to you before about the fixtures and that. You know, it's not miracles we're asking for. We've just got to. Well, solve we've got to do. We've got to do is we've got to win these three games. It's no good saying, "Oh, such a body's got to lose, such a body's got to lose," and then we go and slip up. We've got to make sure we win our three games, and then you've only you're only talking maybe London beat Ulkingston Rovers and Lee beat Huddersfield this weekend, and then you know the back on them. Don't forget Huddersfield have got to play Leeds yet. Mm. And uh, you know, okay, I've got some tough games coming up as well. So, uh, so yeah, I think there's a few more, few more twists. We've just got to go out and do our job now. We can only beat the sides that are in front of us. And like people keep saying, keep the faith. And you've got to do, you've got to keep going, haven't you? And all's not lost yet. And say we end up in that million pound game, that, that you know, you're not down if you end up in that. You've got to go there and win. It's like a cup final, isn't it? So, mm. you know, it's not over yet. Hulkingston Rover supporters will be feeling exactly the same as we are. I think Huddersfield supporters will be as well. They're going to be nervous. I mean, um, if you ask an old KR supporter. Would they fancy themselves against us in that million pound game? I bet they'd be nervous playing against us. You know, we've we've done well this season. I know they beat us at our place, but we finished above them in the table, haven't we? And we've won we've won a few games, so uh, I think they'd be just as be as nervous as we are anyway. Especially with all the things going on at OKR. Yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, you know, like so whoever's in that million pound game, it's about dealing with the pressure in it. Really, end of the day, yeah. you're playing playing your game under that kind of pressure um, yeah. and, and getting a result. That's that's what it's all about. And the final one we've got. It's Peter Wilkerson, and he said, he said help, 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 uh, which is probably about, you know, the, the, where we were on, on Friday, when everyone was in the old uh, big red panic button. We certainly were, Rob. It was, a, it was a long drive, it was a long sort of 30, 40 mile drive home on, uh, <laughs> on Friday night from Leeds, but yeah, you've not got to be too downhearted, have you? Um, I mean, we've been in worse situations than this, haven't we, in the, the past 20 or 30 years, so we'll just keep plugging away, Rob. Keep the faith, as they keep telling us. This is it, keep the faith, keep plugging away. And, uh, you know, what will be, will be. Uh, so what we'll do now, we've talked about the defeat against Leeds. Uh, we'll have a look what our amateur sides did uh, this week and the fixtures to come with Paul. Well, welcome to this week's amateur report. And I'll start this week by uh, talking, as not as we usually do, about the uh, the academy, Solver Red Devils Academy Under-19s. The game against Wakefield Trinity uh, Wildcats this week was postponed. That was due to take place on Thursday, the 1st of September, but that was postponed. The Red Devils are back in action this Saturday, 10th of September, when they host Leeds Rhinos at the AJ Belt with a one o'clock kickoff. So I'm going to do my best to get down to that one. That's a big game, that Leeds Rhinos riding high, third top in the table with 26 points. Our lads are currently fourth bottom with 12 points, so a win needed there to keep ourselves up with Wakefield. It's a, we've got a game in hand on Wakefield as well, so a big game on, on Saturday, so get yourselves down there. Uh, weather's going to be decent, I think, as well, so it's a big game for the under-19s on Saturday. Moving on to the National Conference League, there was a few games this weekend, so all the teams were back in action after the break for the Challenge Cup. And in the Conference Premier League, Rochdale Mayfield, you know, riding quite high in the table. They entertained West Hull on uh, Saturday, the 3rd of September at home. They went down by 14 points to nil. Real tight game there at um, Mayfield. It was nil nil at half time. West Hull scoring um, three late tries. 
to do, take the game away from Mayfield and they've just edged up to third top in the table. Mayfield currently fifth top with 23 points. Westall have gone up now to third top with 26. Sidall uh, top of the Premier with 32. So looks like Rochdale Mayfield aren't going to be able to achieve their heroics of winning it as they did last season. But they're still well up there in the table and, uh, and doing well. Uh, moving on to Division 2, it was heartbreak for the Salford City Roosters. They went down by 19 points to 18 against Wigan St. Jude's. Wigan St. Jude's were two places above uh, Salford City Roosters. The Roosters are a point behind Jewsby Celtic now in third from bottom, but they have a game in hand on Jewsby Celtic. But heartbreaking defeat. Tries from Paul Morgan, Christian Higgins and Andrew Muscat and three goals from Bradley White. Uh, Salford were leading by 12 points to 6 at half time but a late St Jude's drop goal edged out the City Roosters they were beaten by 19 points to 18 also in Division 2 Stanley 16 Saddleworth Rangers 10 and in Division 3 Gateshead Storm 22 Waterhead 30 and Oldham St Anne's 8 Eastmoor Dragons 16 so the fixtures for this weekend are all going to be played on Saturday the 10th of September in the Premier Division Rochdale Mayfield entertain Waffbrow Hornets Waffbrow just one place above Mayfield so a big game for Mayfield there on Saturday to, uh, to leapfrog with Waffbrow Hornets in Division 2 Salford City Roosters play Hunslet Club Parkside and Thornhill Trojans play the Saddleworth Rangers as I said all those games are going to be played on Saturday with a half past 2 kickoff. Now turning our attention to the North West Men's League, there wasn't that many results involving our local sides this uh, this weekend just gone. These are results from Saturday the 3rd of September. In Division 3, it was Wigan St. Jude's A72, Fitton Hill 0. In Division 4, Manchester Rangers A10, West Totten Lions 35. And the game between Garswood, Staggs and Rochdale Coles was postponed. There was a friendly fixture between Blackbrook 8 and Langwithy Reds and they went down the Langwithy Reds by 26 points to 8. So the fixtures for this weekend start on Friday night as usual the Manchester Rangers in Division 2 they entertain the Halton Farm of Hornets and on Saturday the 10th of September Division 1 Folly Lane take on Wigan St. Pats a massive game for Folly Lane really you know if they can beat Wigan St. Pats who are one place below them they could go up to second in the table Folly Lane currently fourth on 14 points Latchford Albion and Goldbourne Parkside above on 15 so a win for Folly could take them up to second in the table so good luck lads on, on Saturday in that one in Division 2 Berry Broncos play Rochdale Mayfield A Oldham St. Anne's A play Blackpool Scorpions and in Division 4 it's the Kulcheth Eagles against the Bolton Mets and Little Holton Reds against the Rochdale Cobras. Division 5, Langworthy Reds against Liverpool Lions. There is one fixture in the Women's League this weekend. This game will be played on Sunday the 11th of September and it's a Super 6 Group B match between Rochdale Hornets and Brig House Rangers. So good luck to the Rochdale Hornets ladies in that one. And finally this week we'll turn our attention to the North West Youth League. There was just a couple of results to tell you about. From, from the weekend. I've not received any fixtures for the following weekend, so I'm hopefully, if, if I can get some information off people, I'll get that added onto the podcast. But these are the results from the weekend just gone. In Group C of the under 18s in the Hillary Steele Memorial Trophy, Waterhead played Saddleworth in an Oldham derby and they would come out on top by 18 points to nil. In another derby game between Rochdale and Oldham St. Anne's in Group D, Rochdale 48, Oldham St. Anne's 6. In the under 16s, Premier Division, Waterhead 18, Newton Storm 0. In Division 2 of the under-16s, Liverpool Lions 0, Saddleworth 18. And Langwithy Reds had a fantastic victory for the under-16s of Langwithy Reds. They went to Leyland and won by 58 points to 22. Fantastic win for them, well done lads. And in, also in Division 3, Folly Lane's game against Wigan Springview was postponed. That's it for this week. As I said, if I can get any of the fixtures for the youth, we'll add it onto the podcast and I'll, I'll catch you next week. Cheers, Paul, for that. So what we'll do now, we'll look forward to the game against Beverston on Sunday. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. 
So, Salford take on Featherstone Rovers on Sunday, Paul. Big game for Salford in their uh, quest to stay in Super League. Yeah, it certainly is. We, we just need to get back onto winning ways now, and I think it's uh, it's more about performance. You know, the results obviously important, but we need to just put a performance and don't we lay a marker down now for these these next three games and uh, you know give the supporters something to cheer about and uh, get a smile back on everybody's face because it's been. Uh, it's been a bit of a disappointing couple of weeks, hasn't it, really, with three defeats on the trot. So uh, we need to just get back to winning ways and get climbing that ladder now. Yeah, uh, Feverstein aren't going to be a pushover. They've got some quality players. The city, is it Tapau? Uh, he's, been nominated, yeah. Yeah. he's been nominated as a Championship Player of the Year. Uh, Jordan Ball, Winston as well. You know what I mean? He's a young player as well coming through their ranks. He's the name, big name to watch. You know, and they've got plenty of Super League experience, haven't they? They certainly have, yeah. Ian Hardman, you remember him from St. Helens and Widnes. He was a, a good player. I think he still is. I still don't think he's, he's 30, actually, Ian Hardman. He was very young when he came through in the Saints side, you know, teenager and uh, very, uh, very impressive player. Very, very tough winger come uh, full back. And Luke Briscoe, I think he's on loan from Leeds. Uh, Jamie Foster, we know all about him, don't we? Playing for St. Helens, the, uh, the goal kicking winger who's always got a fancy haircut. Um, Anthony Thackeray, Danny Craven, the Arpax. I think Craven was a witness, and Thackeray played at Cass. So Daryl Griffin's there as well. So they have, they've got a lot of players there who've got Super League experience. So uh, I was surprised really when they got beat on Sunday. At Batley, I was expecting them to go there and win. So um, I suppose it just shows you Batley and all pushovers on their ground. So I think Featherstone will come all guns blazing, won't they? And uh, you know, give it as, give it as early on. But uh, if we can weather that early storm, we, we should have too much for them. I would have thought. Yeah, I suppose it's all up to the the players and you know showing us you know what we've what we've opened that we've seen the last you know the first few weeks of when um, we played Huddersfield that good performance yeah. um, and hopefully they'll they'll come again and you know in the next right a few rounds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if we play with that same intensity we played against Huddersfield, you know we should blow we should blow Featherstone away really, shouldn't we? Um, they should be able to live with us, but sometimes it's it's all about how you play against the side, isn't it? I mean, certain sides, you know, Featherstone will probably try and, not, no disrespect to them, but they'll probably try and come and, and slow us down, won't they? And let, let us play at sort of their pace and slow the play of the ball down. And you've got to deal with it. I mean, you've not got to get sucked into that. You've got to, you know, speed the play of the ball up. Logan Tompkins, you know, it, he's vitally important that he sort of takes the game to him, you know, run from dummy half and back Craig Kopjack up as well because he'll be trying to offload the ball and, that, and just, just play at a quick tempo. And um, just quiet them down early on. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have more than enough then and gain confidence as the game goes on and, and come up with a good victory. Give us a score prediction, Paul. 40 points to 10, Rob. I've had it all week in my head. I'm going to go 50 points to 6. I think, uh, you know, Super League clubs have put big scores on uh, Featherston early on in this uh, Super 8 qualifying competition likes of uh, Huddersfield and, and Leeds and Salford really kind of need to do the same to send a message out uh, that we are Super League and we're going to try and remain to be one a Super League team so that was the end of the podcast thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast another good podcast Paul yeah I enjoyed it mate yeah yeah. like I said before we were disappointed after the Leeds game but you know after a couple of days that disappointment sort of fades a bit and then you're just excited aren't you for the next game and I'm certainly excited for, for Sunday I can't wait for the match and yeah we just need to get these three wins now and then you know if we do end up in that million pound game at least we're going to hit it with the, with a bit of confidence but I was not lost yet I think you know it's a big statement but we can still make that top three you know let's just get, let's just get the results and do everything we can that's in our hands anyway Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Deb on the Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITD, SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and League Cast app. 
So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.